Welcome to a daily word of encouragement with Celebration Church in Thomasville, Georgia. We believe that the Bible is God's word to all people. We love God, we love each other, and we are changing our world one relationship at a time. We want to help you know and love God's word. Join Pastor Jimmy Bryson each day as we discover how to seek God and live our lives encouraged by his word. Good morning. It's a cool, foggy day in Thomasville, Georgia this morning. It looks dreary outside. Kind of the way our world looks right now. Dreary. Dreary. You ever feel like your life is just kind of, or, or like life is just kind of squeezing you? You ever feel like the world system is squeezing the life out of you. We're in Psalm 31 today. And um, Psalm 31 is written by David. And you can tell that he's under a lot of distress. And um, the world is just like squeezing him. The days in which David were living in Psalm 31 are a lot like the days of America right now. Yeah, they were dark days. They were dangerous days. They were difficult days. And that, that's, doesn't that describe our country right now? Dark, diabolical. I mean, dark morally. Dark. We're living in a, a morally dark, a morally decayed society. And before I like go hating on the world so much, I just want to pause and say this. The last 50 years, the Church of America has been asleep. We've been asleep and we have sat back and we have allowed our country to become dark because we've not been shining our light and sharing the light of Jesus with abandonment. And so the days in which we live are, are dark days morally. I mean, the, the whole transgender children being confused about if they're a boy or a girl and society feeding that diabolical monster. Um, these are dark days morally. If you agree, just do like this. Oh, 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 by the way, this is going to get good, okay? I'm just laying the foundation. So we're living in dark days, dangerous days. Man, I was talking to my granddaughters this past weekend. We were just talking about life and school and playing and having fun and being little girls. And they were talking about um, lockdowns, how they're, I'm talking about kindergartner through fifth grade, how they actively, um, they actively practice lockdowns. My, my kindergarten granddaughter, Riley, she knows what an intruder is. And so intruder is a part of the vocabulary of kindergartners now. And can you imagine like what's, I mean, I was listening to somebody, a podcast yesterday and talking about how the level of stress is just intensified in children in the last 20 years. And you're going, ah, you know, they're just kids. They don't have a lot of stress. Listen, man, when you're a kindergartner and a first grader and a fifth grader and a third grader, 
and you're regularly practicing school lockdowns to be aware of an intruder because of mass shootings and killings. I mean, children are aware of these things and it's just, we, you know, we're, we're almost at, we're at a political civil war in our country and it's not safe in some places to go outside, not just after dark, but in broad daylight. I mean, these are dangerous days and they're difficult, they're difficult days economically and socially and um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm riding in this morning to right here in my spot where I do most of the videos at the YMCA parking lot. I'm riding in this morning. I glanced over to the right and I said, I see you. I see you gas creeping back up there again. It's like, you know, it's like the gas prices were playing with us. The gas prices were toying with us. The gas prices went down to two ninety nine, and then the next thing you know, they're back at three oh nine, and then they ease back up to three nineteen. The ease back up to three twenty nine. And so I don't, I don't mean to go political and gas, and I'm just saying these are difficult days because I'm not an econom economist, but I know that when gas goes up, everything else goes up. Transportation goes up, groceries go up, every, everything goes up. And so you look around, you go, man, these are difficult days. Are y'all tracking with me today? As you come on, give me a thumbs up if you would. So these are dark days, these are dangerous days, these are difficult days. Those are kind of like the days David lived in. And he wrote Psalm 31, and here's what he said, the first five verses. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me, deliver me speedily, be thou my strong rock, for an house of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately for me. For you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. And in the last verse, verse 24, David says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. So before we do a deep dive here, listen to how David concludes this. In the midst of darkness, danger, Difficulties. You can you can tell this was he was he was distressed. David was distressed. You could just almost see the insides of David you know, stressed out. Now the conclusion David says to us: Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. All that hope in the Lord. So the bottom line is: In the midst of the danger, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the distress, in the midst of the, the difficult days, in the midst of all that, we must turn our focus and attention to putting our hope in the Lord. And when we put our hope in the Lord, he will strengthen our heart. Now, let's break down this Psalm just a little bit before we go this morning. So throughout the Psalm, David mentions multiple dangers or multiple difficulties. I've kind of, you know, I've told y'all I'd get up and I write notes. Shell those notes I took just on Psalm 31. Fear not, we're not going to, I'm not, we don't have time to expound upon all those. I'm just sitting there writing, reading it verse by verse. So just listen to some of the dangers and difficulties that David describes. Are you ready? In verse one, 
he says he needs refuge and he needs deliverance. Verse two, he says he needs to be rescued and he needs to be saved. Verse four, he talks about a net hidden to trap him. You ever feel out that way? Like you know somebody is prepared a net that's hidden away and they're trying to trap you. That was David. Verse seven, he talks about afflictions and adversities. Verse eight, he mentions enemies. Verse nine and 10, he mentions distress, grief, sorrow, strength wasting away. Just those two verses right there, nine and 10. Does anybody watching, or you'll come back later and watch, bear witness with distress, grief, sorrow, strength, wasting away? Yes, that covers pretty much everybody that is watching these videos. Verse 11, adverse, excuse me, adversaries, neglectful neighbors. Verse 13, schemers plotting to take his life. Verse 15, enemies and persecutors. Verse 18, lying lips and slanderers. Verse 20, contentious tongues. Verse 21 and 22, he said he feels like a city under siege. He says, I feel like a city under siege. It's like, a, you know, you watch those old movies and there's a city, you know, they have the walls around the city and whether it's an old Western or it could be anything, the people are hunkered down in there and then all of a sudden the enemy comes over a hill and they come in and they just totally put the city under siege. That's what David feels like. That's what David is experiencing. That's what David is living in. He needs refuge, needs deliverance, needs rescue, needs salvation. There's a net hidden to trap him. He's experiencing afflictions, adversities, enemies, distress, grief, sorrow, strength wasting away adversaries, neglectful neighbors, schemers plotting to take his life, enemies, persecutors, lying lips, contentious tongues, and he's like a city under siege. Does anybody bear witness with any of that? I got to be honest. Sometimes I do. And I got to be honest, now I do. I mean, there are you know, regularly in my life, I, I experience some of these, and so do you. Maybe not all of them at one time. So David's acknowledging his difficulties. But David doesn't leave it there. Here's what David does. Here's how David makes it through. A lot of times I'll talk about making it through your storm on the side of victory or going through your difficulty and coming out on the side of victory. Because as a believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus came to, um, to give us abundant life. And the apostle Paul said that through Christ, we are more than conquerors. So in the difficulties of life, in the dangers of life, in the in the, uh, in the distresses of life, we can walk through, hey, Rosie, we can walk through victorious, okay? So what David does is he mentions, if you're just, if you're just coming on, please go back and listen to the first, few, the first few minutes. We're talking about David in Psalm 31, about the dangers and difficulties he was living in. But what David does is David redirects his, his attention. He redirects his focus. He doesn't just stay focusing on the bad stuff happening to him. 
which is kind of the nature of David, isn't it? I mean, David's the only one when he was just a shepherd. Everybody was saying something like this. Remember Goliath? Oh, Goliath is too big. He's too big to hit. And David's kind of like, uh-uh, he's too big to miss. You see what I'm saying? You see that difference there? No, we can't fight Goliath. He's too big to hit. No, I'm going to fight him. I'm just, he's too big to miss. That's David's mentality. David always recognizes his challenges and difficult. He never hides them. And sometimes he complains to the Lord about them, but he doesn't compartmentalize them and, and, and repress the fact that he's going through a hard time. But here's what he does is, it's like he, it's like he understood the Apostle Paul's teaching before the Apostle, before the Apostle Paul was ever born, where Paul said to take every thought captive. Bring it under the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So David acknowledges the dangers and difficulties. Go ahead and acknowledge those in your life. It's okay. But David's attention is on the dependability of God. He doesn't focus on the difficulties. He focuses on the dependability of God. So verse two and three, watch this. He calls, he, may, he references God as, he, as rock of refuge or strong fortress four times. Four times in two verses. He references God as the rock of refuge or the strong fortress. Four times in two verses. Verse five, he mentions God as being faithful. Faithful means worthy of trust or trustworthy. We sing that song. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. Faithful you are faithful, worthy of trust. Why? Because we know that Paul was right in the book of Corinthians. All the promises of God are yes, and in him they're amen. And God is faithful. God is worthy to walk out his promises in his word. Somebody shot me down now. So David declares the dependability of God. He is faithful. In verse 7, 16, and 21, he mentions that God is steadfast, and he's steadfast in his unwavering love. You know, like sometimes you ever wondered, you know, about somebody that's you know, maybe even your spouse. Do they really love me? Do they really, you know, or somebody will like kind of like love you till a hard time, and their love is not unwavering. It's not that First Corinthians 13 kind of love. David's saying God's a dependable God because he's steadfast. Hey, Brother Alvin, go back and listen the first few minutes and we're done, brother, kind of laying the foundation of Psalm 31. David mentions that God is steadfast and unwavering in his love. Verse 19, we're in Psalm 31. Verse 19, he mentions the abundant goodness of God. I know that, that song has been around two or three years now, the goodness of God. Just get like, almost every time I hear that, I just I just kind of get weepy-eyed. And, and I tell you, every time my daughter-in-law Lindsay sings, I tell you, every time I got to like cover my eyes because I'm just, you know, I'm reminded of the goodness of God, even in my own family, you know, when, when, you know when, when she's singing that. But even if she's not singing it, the goodness of God. And then in, and then in verse number 20, David mentions uh, the sheltering, the sheltering presence of God. Okay, so here's where we are. He mentions all these dangers and difficulties in his life. David acknowledges that, just like we have dangers and difficulties in our lives. But his attention is not focused on the dangers and difficulties. David sets his gaze on God, and he mentions the dependability of God. 
He's our he's a rock, refuge, strong fortress, faithful, trustworthy, steadfast and unwavering love, abundantly good and a sheltering presence. That ought to just make you feel better right here this morning on a dreary morning. So he concludes, or I'm going to conclude here because he writes 24 verses. He, he makes several declarations. He makes declarations. And here's some declarations I want you to get. Remember Psalm 23, a week or so ago, and then Psalm 27. I talked about how David wrote the Psalms out of personal relationship with God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, the strength of my life. In Psalm 18, the Lord is my fortress. The Lord is my buckler. The Lord is my strong tower. Now watch these declarations, okay, because it's very important. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've been born again, born of the Spirit, if you're a Christian, if you're a disciple of Jesus, whatever word you use there, these should be your declarations as well. Verse 1, he says, in you, I seek refuge. In you, I seek refuge. I've said before regarding finances that if we ever get to the point where we really have the revelation that the Lord is the source of our supply, then we can give generously to the kingdom like the word of God demands that we give generously. In other words, um, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What Paul was saying, he was saying to those that were sowing generously, not everybody, he was saying to those that were giving generously to the kingdom work, this declaration was, and my God shall supply all you need. When Vicki and I got that revelation over 40 years ago, it changed our lives. It changed our financial lives, but it changed our lives. It changed our lives because we realized we realize that God is the source of my supply. Um, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So if the things and necessities of life are going to be added to us, God's the one that adds, and my responsibility is to seek first the kingdom of God. And then watch it, then I'm living, I'm living in the principles of the kingdom of God, and God literally becomes the source of my supply. Whatever supply, God is the source of. The same way here, that's what David's saying, this declaration, in you I seek refuge. If I'm going to find refuge, it's going to be in you. Not knowing about you, not hearing songs about you, not hearing teachings and sermons about you. You are my refuge. Verse 3, you are my rock and my fortress. You, Lord, are the strength of my life. Verse 5, into your hands I commit my spirit. That's what Jesus cried from the cross just before he gave up the ghost and died. Verse 6, I trust in the Lord, verse 7, I will exult and rejoice in you. Listen to these declarations, okay? Now watch this. His difficulty, he needs refuge, deliverance, rescue, salvation. There's a hidden trap for him. He's facing afflictions, adversities, enemies, distress, grief, sorrow, strength wasting away, adversaries, neglectful neighbors, scheming people, plotting to take his life, enemies persecuting him, lying lips, contentious tongues. He's like a city under siege. And David says in you, I seek refuge. That's it. That's it. Some of us are facing such challenges in our lives. 
the only refuge we have is God. It's not our finances. It's not other people. It's God. So those are his declarations. In you, I will seek refuge. You are my right. You have a personal relationship with God through Jesus. You trusted Jesus to save you, to save you. You believed on him to forgive you of your sins. Why not trust him? If you've trusted him with your eternity, why not trust him with your life? <laughs> That'll preach right there. And then listen to this final thing in verse 24. I know, I know, I'm getting long right here. Verse 24 of Psalm 31. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. All those declarations David made are tr just as true for you as they were for him, if the Lord is your shepherd. Put your hope in him, and he will strengthen you. Um, that's my testimony. That's my wife's testimony. We just celebrated 41 years of marriage yesterday. And um, my wife is one of the most, one of the strongest, most stable believers that you will ever meet. And yet her life and my life, together, our family, we have not been without challenges. We have not been without difficulties. We have not been without danger. We have not been without all those other deeds that David lived in and that you're living in. But we've learned this. We've learned that God is faithful in the midst of our dangers, okay? In the midst of our dangers, um, we declare God is faithful and he is our rock. He is our shelter. And what happens is when we put our hope in him, when we put our hope in him, he strengthens our heart. It's easy to put our hope in the government. It's easy to put our hope in our church. It's easy to put our hope in our spiritual leaders. It's not so easy now to put our hope in our governmental leaders. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. But put our hope in the Lord and he will strengthen your heart. So whatever distress you're facing today, Remember that last verse of Psalm 31, 24. He will strengthen your heart, those that put their hope in him.